Oh, I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers who have been working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, We'll bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscape for you and your family. Now, where we're at in Northern California, I think it's day 30 or 31 of the um, shelter in place. Yes. um, Let me tell you, my garden has never looked better (laughs) because that's what I have to do. That's what she's doing. (laughs) And um, so we want to talk a little bit about, you know, what we're doing during this um, shutdown. Of course, um, our landscape contractors are um, listed as essential. So um, I'm in and out of the job sites as well, but we're outside with masks and we keep our distance. But, um, But there is more time than normal in spring. And so we're going to talk more about what we're doing individually. So, Michael, absolutely, you want to tell them? Yeah. And the thing that's really nice about it is if you do have available time and a lot of people are at home, there are little things that you've been saying, oh, I got to get to, I've got to do, I've got to do, and you never do them. Well, now you have the time to do them. So for example, for myself, one of the things that I've been meaning to do was restain my overhead structure. So that's what today is all about after we're doing the podcast and then I'm going outside and I'm going to restain the overhead. And the reason I'm doing it now, besides the fact that I have the time is you want to do it before it gets too warm. And I saw some pictures that Roberta posted that she took an area. Why don't you tell us about it in the back of your garden and made it something special? Tell us. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I think we all have back corners of our yards that are just dark and, um, places kind of like junk drawers, you know, where <laughs> things pile up. So in this back corner, I had, um, oh, some, some plastic trash cans full of compost and, and metal tomato support and just a lot. Of- and I have um, timber bamboo clumping, not running. We could talk about this. So there's different types of bamboo that stay in clumps. Well, the timber bamboo, even though I plant, I planted it 10 feet away from my fences, uh, our uh, our local electric company, they came and they wanted to make sure nothing gets in their line. So they wanted to prune my bamboo. So I made sure I stayed out there because I didn't want them just cutting down my bamboo. So as they cut it, I said, you know, you don't have to haul it. I'll keep it. But could you cut it into eight foot lengths for me? Which they did. That was really nice. Um, if anyone has a bamboo, clumping bamboo, after they cut it down, you have to cut, you know, all the branches that come off the side. But recently, my neighbor over the fence cut away all his shrubbery. So guess what? I could see his uh, uh, not-so-pretty house. (laughs) Hopefully, he's not listening. But anyway, uh, so so what I did is um, I had my favorite builder, who's built a lot of pergolas for me, come. And we recycled that bamboo. Now, we're talking four-inch diameter timber bamboo. And I put an extension up over the fence and the four feet with the bamboo going horizontally. And then I took my thin bamboo and had it cut in six inch pieces and put it perpendicular to put space between the bamboo. It is stunning. And then we set another post and I, I, I put in something I've always wanted, and that is a hammock. So 
that I can't tell you how long that back corner has been like um, uh, the house of horrors. And now it's just this beautiful, serene place where I can lay down and under a Japanese maple and the bamboo clacking with the wind. I love it. And the bamboo actually, from the picture I saw, for those of you that can't visualize it, imagine a big open trellis, um, like a grid pattern. It's a square grid pattern made out of the bamboo. By the way, am I correct? The bamboo, the the botanical name is Bambusa Old Hamai. Yeah, that particular one is the Old Hamai. And the small pieces I used um, are from another bamboo that I have, Alphonse Carr. And the Alphonse Carr is only going to get, oh, about an inch, inch and a half in diameter where the old Hamai will get, you know, three to four inches in diameter. In fact, the old Hamai, they also, not only did you make a trellis out of it, but um, there are places where they actually make furniture out of the big canes of it, which is pretty amazing. They Well, not only furniture, but they make um, cutting boards, they make scaffolding that they use in Japan. But um, one thing people don't realize about the bamboo, especially the bigger bamboo, is when those combs first come up, they're like little cones that come up. When they're small like that and you cut them off and open them up, that's where you get fresh bamboo shoots. They're edible. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're very, very highly favored in the, um, in the really nice uh, restaurants in um, Chinatown, in San Francisco, and other places because they're fresh. Normally, people just buy them canned, you know, chunking, and then you, you, know, you put them in your stir fry. But you can have fresh bamboo shoots from your very own bamboo, but it's a larger bamboo that you want. And I know you mentioned it before, but I'm going to reiterate because the minute people hear the name bamboo or the word bamboo, they freak out. This is clumping, which means it doesn't run all over your yard. It grows like any other plant and it just, it gets bigger and bigger and taller and taller, but it's not going to send out underground rhizomes that run six feet across into your neighbor's yard, into everywhere. So the minute you hear bamboo, Bamboo. Don't freak out. There are different types. And what Roberta's talking about is clumping bamboo. It's a whole different uh, animal, as they say. Right. It's, it's going to clump to about a five foot diameter. So, you know, you do want to plant it away from the fence. You don't want to put it right up against the fence. And um, if you do, if you don't have much space and you do want to put it up against the, the fence, then you want to put a, um, a shield, like a, a metal border or, or concrete. Um, right. A root guard. Right. It'll keep it in, in place. But um. That was, um, not only did I recycle my bamboo, but it's artistic and it's beautiful. And now it's another place in my yard that's actually usable that I head to instead of avoid. <laughs> and talking about other things besides restaining my overhead, I just cut down um, a tree and it's, it's being taken out tomorrow. When I renovated the backyard, there was one big cotinia tree that I thought, okay, I'll leave it. And I thought with some water because um, it was an older specimen with some water and fertilizer, maybe it'll start looking good because it was looking really sickly. And it's been in for over a year and it didn't look any better. In fact, not only was it leaning, but then it was flowering and dumping everything into the pool. So I finally got the gumption and saying, you know what, it's time to go. So I took it upon myself and yesterday I literally cut 99% of it down and now I'm going to dig out the rootstock and replant something else there. But that's amazing. The minute I took it out, how much more light it led into the backyard. And we actually have a view out the back and you could see more of the sky, more of the horizon and more of the view. So again, it's, it's, 
Um, but it's like the trepidation of, oh my God, do I want to do that? Can I do that? Should I do that? And do I have the time? Well, now the time is no problem because we have the time. Doing it actually opened up the whole yard. So that was a positive thing. And what I'm basically telling people is, is that, you know, kind of live a little, um, be a little bit more creative, uh, take some chances in your yard and try something new. Right. But before you cut down any trees, make sure that they are not essential to the sun or, you know, hot. Exactly. Heat. And um, also, you brought up an interesting point. A lot of people plant specimens around their pool that drop in their pool constantly. Things that are beautiful, like flowering, like crepe myrtles. People love crepe myrtles, but when the blossoms drop, it's in your pool. It used to be during the 50s and 60s, people thought, oh, let's plant an evergreen by the pool. So they'd put in a pine. Okay. So oh, that's a mess. Pines, the needles drop constantly and they get in the filter. And so you want to be really careful with what you plant around the pool. You may, may might need shade, but um, just know that an evergreen sheds constantly. Right. And my photinia that was there, um, when it flowered, it had a profusion of white flowers. But as they died, it became these little teeny brown specks yep. and but thousands of them. Uh -huh. And then the wind would blow and they would all blow in the pool. So before you knew it, the water was completely covered with it looked like brown slime. And you'd skim it off and you'd clean it out. But no, no sooner than you do it, then about five, ten minutes later, more would drop in. So uh, let me tell you, it was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I remember reading on Sunset Western Garden, there's a tree called a gajira. It's G-E-I-J-E-R-A. And the common name is an Australian willow. However, it is not a willow. But anyway, that's a tree that they recommend for pools and patios. And if you just do a little research before you put something in, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache. Very good advice. Also, the things that, you know, again, re-staining, I'm staining my, my back fences. And I had planted, as an experiment, I had planted some bougainvillea to see if it survived. And surprisingly enough, we didn't have a cold winter, and it has. So now it's starting to grow everywhere. So I actually put um, wire um, eye hooks and wire onto the fence to train the bougainvillea so that basically I will have a living screen. And I will tell you, you look out the windows and that profusion of red, um, it's, it's not actually a flower. It's the, 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 um, the leaves, um, the phyllodes, what they call them, are the bright red. And I will tell you, it is spectacular. You look out and you see this gorgeous red phyllode all over. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Yes. Well, the key, what you said is you put wire up first. So um, generally, if, if I have a vine um, going in, then um, I will make sure it's on some support right off the wood fence. Because if you do want to stain the fence or repair a fence and your vine is growing on the fence, then most likely you're going to damage the vine when you try to get back there. So Absolutely. And, and while we're speaking of vines, um, let's, let's mention a couple of really good growing, um, you know, wonderful vines to plant. Okay. So you mentioned bougainvillea, which is lovely, but however, there's, there's a couple things. They have barbs. You have to be careful. Yes, you do. And they are really for a Mediterranean type climate. Now we're, we're in Northern California, Sacramento, and our climate, just like everyone else has been warming. However, 
places like Colorado and further east, you could have a cold snap and it'll kill it. So um, it, it's lovely, but you really have to pay attention to the zone of these, you know, whatever you plant. Absolutely. Um, another great evergreen that has a wonderful scent that grows. It grows really well, but it's not, it doesn't overtake everything is star jasmine, the trachelospermum. Um, and uh, the, uh, the jasmine, I love it because you can put it in sun and a little bit of shade. Um, it grows relatively slowly. You can trim it and it's got the wonderful white flower that's very fragrant. Right. It's blooming now. And that's also used as a ground cover. So you could buy that at the nursery either in um, in the form of it being staked for climbing or, yep. in, you know, in flats even you could buy it for ground cover. So that's wonderful. Now, a vine that everyone romantically suggests to me that they want is wisteria. Now, wisteria can get a trunk the size of a tree. Yes. And so... If you're going to grow wisteria, you need a metal support. And not only that, uh, it drops, you know, pretty constantly as well throughout the year. That well, not only that, it's there. extremely for people that grow in, uh, that, that live in cold climates. Wisteria will do very well in a cold climate mm -hmm. back east. But the problem is it is extremely, extremely invasive, um, almost to the point of being a weed. I remember my mom had a wisteria that she did not take care of. She had 40-foot-tall redwood trees. The wisteria grew up through the redwood tree, totally covered it. When it bloomed, it was incredible. It looked like the redwood was blooming, but it got so heavy that it literally fell, which means it toppled the redwood tree. And this 30-foot tree fell to the ground because of the weight of the wisteria. So you, as Roberta said, you need to put it on a metal structure. You put it on a little wimpy uh, trellis. Was, yeah. Um, oh, my God, it'll, it'll just eat up the entire trellis and fall over. Right. And it needs pruning. I, I tell people wisteria is one of those plants that when you turn your back, it'll tap you on the shoulder. That's how quickly it grows. Literally. Um, yeah. Another really nice, nice plant, again, vigorous grower is honeysuckle. And both the jasmine and the honeysuckle, the one thing I will tell you is if you have a dog run and you want to you want to help with the smell of the dog run, both jasmine and honeysuckle has a wonderful scent that it's going to mask out the sound of some of the droppings or the the the. Uh, problems of the dog run. So I use those in an area where you want to mask out smells, but the honeysuckle, as long as you keep it trimmed, is another really wonderful smelling, very vigorous evergreen vine. Yes. Um, vigorous. Yes. That, um, cause I just had to unwind it from a lot of my plants. And then, um, another very vigorous grower, but hummingbirds adore are the trumpet vines. Oh, I love those. They're absolutely beautiful. You can get them in deep orange. You can get them in yellow. and But they are very, very vigorous. So don't just put up a little, you know, five foot high by four foot wide trellis for them. You know, they, they need an arbor just as if you were going to grow grapes. And the same with wisteria, really. Right. Well, when you're talking about vigorous, and again, if you've got if you've got an area that you want, you want you don't want to look at, and you want it covered, and you can put up a trellis, you can put up a wire mesh on on it. Uh, the pomia, the um, that one is that's that literally is a weed. Um, it's um, it's a, mo a morning glory line. Yeah. Oh my god! Glory. That <laughs> will literally that literally could grow over your house. It's it, so invasive. It can. I've seen it grow up telephone poles. I yes, mean, yes. In the spring, it's lovely. But you know what? As soon as it's done blooming, it casts its speed, its seeds like you know, like Mother Nature blessing 
And everyone around is going to have ipomia or morning glory, and it's really difficult to get out. So, um, you know, with vines, be careful. I mean, they're wonderful, and they're, they have all kinds of uses. But, you know, there are also climbing roses and other, other species that are easier to tame and, you know, keep pruned. So um, anyway, I don't know. How, how did we get off on the vine thing here? Uh, we, I, I had mentioned that I was staining my back fence and I was planning. Oh. Oh, right. yeah, so we got there. What other things have you been working on in your yard? Um, well, let's see. I've done a lot of cleanup, but uh, a little project I did that I've seen on Pinterest. I mean, I'm, I'm someone that goes on Pinterest now and then just look at ideas. But I built a little um, condo for insects. I call it the fly-by-night condo. And, um, you know, healthy insects or insects are integral and important for your garden. You know, they not just pollinate, but they, they do, you know, if you were to dig up a handful of soil, there's thousands of microbes and, and insects that are healthy. So they need a place to live and shelter. So the pieces of bamboo that were cut, um, I stacked those, some bricks, some broken pottery, a little bit of straw. And I built up just from scraps I had in the yard, this little condo. And some people make them into art pieces, which you could see on Pinterest. But that's another project that I did. And, and what insects, just share, what, what would you say would be the positive insects? Well, bees are number one. Bees are absolutely wonderful. So there's bees and, um, you know, eventually the praying mantis will, will um, they will, uh, I don't want to say bloom, they'll, they'll burst out of their little casing. And there's, there's bugs that are in the soil. There's little spiders, there's little beetles, there's, um, you know, all kinds of, of insects. Now, they're not termite homes, so don't get worried. <laughs> <laughs> or, or spider, black widow, uh, or bla well, you know what? Yeah. Black widow, you know, when you have an open door policy, it's uh, it's open door. But I don't put exactly. my hands in there. Once I build it, it's I stay away from it. But anyway, um, I got rid of an old wood pile that was pretty much decomposing when I had the fence built, and I I know I disrupted. Also, salamanders, you know, uh, or what? Not just what? What's a common um little the lizards? Yeah, lizards. Yeah, yeah. You know, they hide in there away from my cats. Um. So they're nice little homes. And if you make them nice and tight, you know, the, the spaces, but little holes, the insects, you won't have rodents that live in there. Other things that are really nice to do at this time, mulching, um, yeah. because it's going to get hot. In fact, uh, the temperature in Northern California in the Sacramento area for next week, it's going to be in the high 80s. Um, what happens is things, the soil dry out and the newly planted plants start drying out. If you put an organic mulch um, it helps a lot to retain the moisture. It also keeps down the weeds. And that's another thing is to start weeding. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to we're going to talk about weeding and other things in our next podcast. Perfect. We are um, really happy to check in with everybody. And we'd love to hear what we're doing as well. We have a website. It's www.diggingdeep dot blueberry dot net and it's b l u b r r y dot net there's we're going to drop that second e and you could leave a question a comment or you know what you've been doing we would love to hear from you and so um our 
next podcast, we're going to talk more about gardening because we don't know when this is going to end. I think we have another two weeks at least of sheltering in place. Do you think so, Michael? I think so. That's what they're saying. Maybe the, uh, maybe the beginning or the second week in May. Okay. All right. So please tune in to us and tune in to us next week. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. And we are Digging Deep. Deep.